Many employers and business leaders pride themselves on putting people first. But when we look at the actual practices within their company, their nonprofit, their small business, we don't see a lot of mechanisms for actually managing conversations around the employee's success, around the employee's fulfillment, satisfaction, etc. We're here to talk about the ways in which internal communications and your employee's success are a critical factor in your business success. Joining me as always is Abby Fink, Vice President and General Manager of HMA Public Relations. Abby, what's on your mind? As we're wrapping up the year here and, you know, the conversations are starting to talk about in, you know, year-end evaluations and setting up budgets for next year. And, you know, we've talked a few episodes back about our employees as our, you know, a brand advocate and how amazing it is to, you know, engage your employees. But what we really need to also be talking about is how our internal teams really do impact the success of our business and that we have to pay as much attention to our internal customer, i.e. our employees, as we do to our external customers that we are trying to create our communications programs for. And and that internal audience is so critically important to our success and that we should really be treating them uh, exactly the same way as we treat our external customers in terms of engagement and 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 asking for feedback and such. And what we do with that information is really then what will eventually translate itself out, you know, to our external audiences. Now, Abby, you and I are professional communicators. Uh, we get paid to take messages and amplify them in various ways, very differently, you know, your business and my business, but we are in the realm of communication. And we have talked over the course of this podcast series on important subjects like listening as the primary skill in communication. We've talked about the ways in which we should get organized internally around diversity, equity, inclusion, things of that nature. We've talked about having, as you mentioned, employees become brand advocates and so on. But really, there's something here that I think is challenging, even for those of us who would pride ourselves on our communications acumen, to reach into the Scrabble dictionary for a big word here. And that is sometimes the truth hurts. And many, many business leaders, I think, uh, understandably avoid getting feedback from employees because they intuitively know they don't really want to hear <laughs> the answer to the question, how do you like it here? And uh, are we doing a good job for you? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, and, and carry that just a little bit further, it even even by simply asking the question oftentimes sets up the response to parrot back the what we think our, you know, our bosses want to hear. You know, they they we may not give our employees the opportunity to feel that they can be honest, that there might be some ramifications for telling us things that we don't want to hear. And so you're right. We, you know, as an office full of professional communicators, you know, we, we just make assumptions that we, we talk and we communicate and we share and we know, and, and that's not always the case. And certainly amongst, you know, the organizations that we work with that more, more often than not, 
the vast majority of the individuals we're talking to are not professional communicators. Their jobs are different. Their responsibilities are different. And so, you know, the we we will often talk about, you know, let's do a customer survey. Let's send out a, you know, and get some feedback. Let's ask for testimonials. Let's in, engage on social media, find out what our what our customers are thinking about. But do we apply those same techniques internally and create a place for our staff to feel comfortable and safe and allow the honest dialogue to happen and and really the 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 benefits of doing that are are astronomical right i mean you it, your business is successful as the business owner because you have surrounded yourself with individuals that are committed to your mission I mean, let, let's just make the assumption that I have a, you know, I'm the business owner and I have created a team of people that truly believe in, in what we are doing as a business. But if I asked them, could I be doing something different? If we had another line of business, what might that be? If budgets were no uh, issue, what could we be doing? You know, kind of that pie in the sky thinking. And then do we take that information and do something with it, right? Because even if you ask the question and you do nothing with it, you've more or less didn't need to have asked the question. But the degree to which we engage our employees in this communication and and gather that feedback and then use it to measure against those things that we consider success measures, right? So what are we looking at as a business that says we're successful? Are we, you know... Getting new business? Have we increased our sales by X percent? Have we um, got did better in two, 2021 than we did in 2020 or in 2019? Are we projected to do better in 22 than we did this year? Now, what's our you know what's how do we measure it? Are we doing community outreach and how many organizations have we impacted? Whatever it is, whatever you've set it up, does that those success measures, those things that we say we were successful this year, align with the same things that your employees are saying are success measures for them. And if it doesn't, you will not be successful. I mean, that it, 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 it stands to reason there is a conflict there that doesn't allow it to happen. I think this is such an important conversation because measurement in communication is already a bit of a thorny problem. I mean, you have to agree, first of all, on what are the measures that we want to be held accountable to, for example, in a media relations campaign or an influencer campaign or a contributed content campaign or some other marketing campaign, certainly with advertising, it's a little little easier because you can track in most most digital advertising now is directly trackable. But then you start to get into measures that are hard to measure, or if they can be measured, the causal relationship between those results and business results is sometimes harder to draw a straight line between. Certainly brand awareness measures are incredibly valuable to a business, but it's hard to say that those impressions or that reach turned into this revenue. I mean, it can be done sometimes, but not always. When it comes to internal communication, again, identifying the right measures and then figuring out the relationship between success in one area like the business growing and success in another area, like people's fulfillment, satisfaction, sense of accomplishment. Uh, you know, you certainly don't want to end up in a situation where the business results are high, but people's internal 
measures are very low. You, that's that's not going to be a sustainable situation. Right. Well, and, and and as you said, measurement is a difficult thing in in the public relations industry. And we've we've you know, in in my years of working in the business, how we measure, what we measure, has changed. Now, the way that we do it has changed, and and. I, I will venture to guess it will continue to do so. I mean, as as the industry itself has more tools at our disposal, we have to think differently about how we're measuring it. But but the 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 industry as a whole will look at a, tech technically looks at the same kinds of things, whether we're talking about it internally or externally. So, you know, what are we what are we putting out in the in the universe? Right? What is our outputs? What is the information that we're we're trying to discuss? And is it you know, the, the products that we're offering or whatever, is it an internal, external, but what is the, what are that, what are the outtakes? What are people retaining from this information that we're putting out there? What is the action that they're taking as a result of hearing this information? And then what does those two things do organizationally on, in impacting our business? And so when you can think about that, then it's these things that are more difficult to put um, a scale around, you know, on a scale of one to 10, how much, you know, information did you retain? Well, I mean, if I can spit back the top 10 things that I'm supposed to be known for, but what did I do with that information? And how relevant is the information that I'm sharing? And is it really being received by my team the way I intended it to be? Or is it just a directive on high, right? If 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 there's no buy-in from our teams. It's just a statement of fact. And what are we doing to make sure that we get from point A to point B and we can see the change, the change behavior that we want to see, and and that becomes a positive impact on our business. Now, every business owner wants to be successful. They go into it, they want to make money, they want to profit, they want to ensure that they have a good workplace environment, culturally appropriate, have good employees that speak well of them and, you know, and, and participate in, in the organization. But to truly create an internal communication strategy and one that focuses 100% on that internal audience from the most entry-level person on your team to the senior most person on your team, where are these outcomes and this organizational impact, what, what does it mean at each level? And, and this is one of those things that is not, you know, a two hour brainstorming session and, you know, at the beginning of the year and we say, okay, we've got our internal communications plan. Everybody go off and do their thing. This is a regular ongoing check-in conversation across the board and in various different ways, you know, whether you do focus groups or whether you have the, you know, the comment box that, you you know, I remember when I first started working in retail, there was a, a legitimate box that sat on the boss's desk and you could drop your thoughts into the box. And hopefully they were taking it and listening to it, doing something about it. But however you gather the information, taking it and doing something with it. And giving that feedback to the team that I heard from, you know, a percentage of our employees that this needs to happen and this is how we're going to address it goes such a long way to continuing to encourage the feedback and that input. I mean, we not that I want to go off in that that tangent on on, you know, social media. But, you know, when when we advise clients and we say, if you get somebody that makes comments and you engage with them, oftentimes it's just they want to be heard. 
same thing applies in the in internally as well. We if you ask my opinion and I give it to you, I want it to be heard. Doesn't mean you have to take action on what I've said. Not everything that you get will be appropriate. But the idea that you are allowing that space for the conversation to take place and that it is under consideration with other things and put it back into the workplace, this is what we heard and this is what we're doing, goes such a long way for, you know, improving process, improving productivity, improving employee morale, and all of those things ultimately impact your bottom line. I think like with most things, the courage and conviction of the leader really does set the tone for the conversations that happen internally and externally. And that doesn't have to look any particular way. Like it's a mistake to think that courage and conviction automatically means charismatic extroverts, you know, who who can speak eloquently on a, on a subject. It, it could be a very quiet kind of courage and a very quiet kind of leadership and still be very effective. I mean, I have the luxury of not having to be an employee. I'm not a very good employee anyway, but when I have worked in organizations where someone simply took the time to listen and it, it changes the experience that I have versus other organizations where you feel like you're beating your head against a wall trying to share something you think is important. And since it's not being received, eventually you just stop. I mean, there's kind of a learned helplessness that happens when people get very clear feedback that their opinion is not actually going to be taken seriously. So, you know, again, putting this all together in a way that is a meaningful and impactful communication program internally is just as challenging as it is sometimes to design the external ones. And the stakes are higher because, you know, let's be honest, in a marketing campaign, let you gave the example of testimonials or case studies, things like that. You can cherry pick the best results and use those to put on the website or to share with potential clients. When you're working with your internal people, you really don't have that option. If you've asked for their opinion, they now know that you have heard them and you, you kind of need to take all of it into account, don't you think? You do. And as you were talking, I keep thinking about how often does that the only time that you ask for feedback or give feedback is the annual review? You know, the, oh, it's once a year, we're going to give the annual reviews, we're going to do a 360 or whatever format you use. And you ask all the questions and you give them the chance and they give you all the answers and you you check the box that we've done the in review and, you know, we're giving our raises and whatever that is. And that's it. Then it goes in the file and we committed to, you know, we did what we said we were going to do and we go on. And so that culture of asking for feedback and regularly asking for it has to start, it has to start from the top, but has to start from the beginning, right? I mean, it, it has got to be part of, of what you create for your organization. And I don't think it has to fall into a super complicated manner. It can be, you know, a town hall format or focus groups, or as I said, the, you know, the comment box or, you know, lunch with the boss or, you know, get up from behind your desk and walk around and and just talk to your team. You know, I can remember the, the, when I first started working at HMA Public Relations and um, Scott came into my office and I was just ready for something bad to have been, just why is the boss in my office? And it 
simply was just to chat. It really wasn't an agenda. And, I'm, and I must have had that kind of look on my face that I'm waiting for the, you know, for the shoe to drop. He's, oh, really? I just wanted to see how you're doing and what's for lunch and blah, and off he went. And I thought, you know what, that's, that's the kind of, that's the culture I want to create is, you know, and I want to make sure that that happens. And now in our, you know, kind of online virtual world that we're operating in, you can still have the walk around philosophy. You can create time and intentional time to, you know, talk with your teams and whether you do that through, you know, any number of the um, online portals or, you know, the, the thing called the telephone where you actually pick up and actually speak to people over the little device that we now you carry with us everywhere we go. There's a lot of way to be able to get that feedback and, and, and share information. And, and if, if the culture provides for that opportunity and your employees and your members of your executive leadership have an, you know, have this comfort level and an interaction and, and, that the conversations are such that that we are sa- we feel safe to do them. They can be open and honest and transparent. I hear the information in an open way, and you feel comfortable in providing that feedback. The um, it the the culture of the whole organization starts to change, and you start to see the collaboration with teams amongst your employees is changing. They, they understand, they feel more comfortable sharing their thoughts with each other. Um, the, the, the hierarchy shifts a little bit and it's, it's not boss to employee, but colleague to colleague. And it, it is safe to assume when those things start to change, the commitment back to the organization is stronger. The involvement in the success of the business is stronger because you can start to see that my impact, what I am doing is impacting that business. It, my part, the, my little corner of this world is making a difference in the success and that what I can contribute is meaningful and important and respected and that I then am committed to improving and getting better and bringing ideas and being an active and an engaged member of the organization, no matter what role I play within that organization. You mentioned something really critical, and let's let's end with a discussion of this. You said, when we feel safe to share our perspectives and even deeper to share ourselves and, and who we really are, not, not feel like we have to pretend to be a certain way at work uh, because there would be consequences if people found out who we really are. But it goes beyond that to feeling like it is a safe environment to dissent, like it is a safe environment to question or challenge, obviously in a constructive way. But let's talk about that. I mean, there's studies as tall as this building that show that psychological safety at work is the foundational issue that has to be created before collaboration, innovation, high performance, and all these other things. In a practical way, using communication as the medium for this, how do you create that environment of psychological safety? And what are some of the things that undermine it that need to be managed and avoided? This is a an ever-growing challenge for organizations and even those that have successfully done it need to continue to evaluate it because there are always going to be an off day, there's always going to be something that just you are absolutely positive that you are right and you do not want to hear 
the dis- the dissension, but you you know you need to, and we you know, and there's there's you mentioned the listening skills, but there's you know that active listening, and there's the facial expressions, and the way that we you know our body language that all dictate how we're actually hearing the information that we're doing it. But I think the you know the probably the best advice on on sort of how to create it is it's more than just saying. I want your feedback and and there will be no retribution for the information that you're sharing. I want you to be open and honest about whatever you're feeling. I mean, that, that is the, that is the outward statement. What we, our actions then are really what ensures that that happens. You know, we all talk about having an open door policy, but do you really, you know, if, if, if the entry level employee comes to your door, Mr. President, Madam President, do you really allow them in to sit down and express their concerns when you are busy? You've got a, you know, a stockholder conversation. You're ready for a business trip, whatever it is. Do you really carve out that time for that person? And, and do you say hello to them when you see them in the hall? Do you, you, and if you're a big company, you may not know everyone's name, but do you, do you take the time to get to know what's happening in your, in your workplace? And that sense of I belong and I'm meaningful and I feel comfortable and I had the chance to share with my supervisor or my supervisor's supervisor this amazing idea that I had. And you know what? Although they didn't do it, I was recognized for having brought that idea to the table. It's a very powerful feeling. We know what that feels like. It doesn't, we're, you know, we, we aren't, we all know what acknowledgement feels like and how, how it, we feel empowered when someone, you know, nods their head and says hello or re- remembers your name or wishes you a happy birthday or whatever it is. We all, we all just appreciate the way that feels. And so by creating that and, and, you know, safety in, in, offering up the opportunity for the conversation, but doing something with that information and really living that as, as part of your culture. And that has to be across the board. So colleague to colleague has to be able to do that. Supervisor to employee, employee to supervisor, supervisor to supervisor, wherever it is, uh, that sense of belonging and that sense of um, commitment needs to be ingrained. And, and I think what starts to happen is, you know, right away when you have members of your team that aren't at that place, because everyone around them starts to notice it, right? So if you haven't created, take that, if you have created that sense and there are people on your, in your organization that aren't as comfortable with it or think that there's a hierarchy that, and it shouldn't be, they start to be the ones that have to be moved away from the organization because they are detrimental to the success of what you're doing. That, that office drama, you know, becomes more than what, than what you want to put up with. And you've created the culture that that naturally just happens. And you say, you're not part, you know, it's not a good fit anymore. And this is where that courage comes into play, because I think what a lot of business leaders really have to confront is the fact that they are enabling an environment where people do feel left out, where people do feel they can't speak up because the the person who's 
creating that blockage to others is one of their star performers. And so what we don't realize, we talk about this being an internal communication problem. We should talk about the fact, or we should at least acknowledge the fact that there is a lot of nonverbal communication that is also happening here. So the fact that, you know, Sally, Jimmy, or Susan doesn't play nicely with the other kids, but Con- continues to do whatever they do because they bring in results is something that other people notice. And that is a communication. So again, these are tough situations to navigate sometimes because you have to ask yourself, am I really as committed to what I say I'm committed to? And if so, do my actions show that? Are my actions aligned with what I am saying. And look, we all know we could turn this into bumper stickers and like walk the walk, talk the talk, you know, all that stuff. But at the end of the day, there's really tough decisions to make, environments to navigate if you really are going to put your employees at the center of your success, then their success becomes your problem and figuring out what to do about it becomes what leadership is. Right. And be willing to accept the fact that that Difficult conversations have to happen and outcomes may that you are believe are where you're headed may not be the direction it really needs to go. And that those kinds of actions organizationally, when you take action, will have a a much stronger impact and a much more long term positive impact when you can make those decisions and and stand by your philosophies and you will you will see the others rise to the occasion because again your actions are are demonstrating what your words have said and they will see that they're that what they bring to the table and what they are able to do is is relevant and is appreciated and respected and that from the the top of the organization all the way through everyone's opinion is important and everyone has an opportunity to contribute to the success and we measure our success based on those kinds of outcomes that our employees are sharing with us and it's not always or only about what the external customer base is telling us it is in it linked back directly to what our our internal teams are telling us 